Welcome to the Best Relationship Ever podcast. I'm Freddie Concio. And I'm Melinda Concio. To navigate the best relationship ever, we have found some of the greatest skills to accomplish this. Through 35 years of marriage and 25 years of pastoring, much of what we've learned will be shared throughout our podcast. So if you're interested in creating amazing relationships in your life, Hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our podcasts. Episode number 14. Yeah, 14. Can you believe that? Best relationship ever. See, ever. I, no, 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 no. I did it. I did it. You did. You can't get away with doing it every time. Okay. You can have it this time. All right. Thank you. We need to have an intentional conversation about that situation. <laughs> oh, man, make it sound all serious. So we've been looking at intentional conversations and how to have them and what they look like. And we covered some unique stuff the last episode in 13. You need to go back there and check that out when you get a chance. Yeah. We talked about the invitation to conversations, which I thought was an amazing time of bringing up how do you even step into that type of a conversation or to set boundaries of like what a conversation like that might look like. Now, an invitation to a conversation sounds kind of weird. Like, why would I have to invite myself to talk to you? Well, when they're intentional conversations, conversations that you say, I want some intent behind it, I want this to gain some traction, then many times we can't just walk in and say, hey, listen to what I've got to say, because some people will shut you off. But when you invite yourself into a conversation, what does that look like, Belinda, to invite yourself into a conversation? Well, you make a request. How can I have this conversation? Are you open to have this conversation? But, you know, a, a, an invite, there is an RSVP, which means they get to respond. There you yes go. Yes or no. And some people can't take that stuff, man. Yeah. No, you can't say no. Yeah, I know. And, and at that point, it's not a request. Then it's a demand. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to tell you about something that happened to me this morning. Oh, okay. Here we go. Stories with Melinda. There we go. Play so the pull up a music. chair. <laughs> take a listen. This is a true story. So this morning, we had our grandson with us. And he wanted a smoothie. So I was looking in our refrigerator like, what can I make a smoothie out of? I have protein powder, but I, I doubt he would like that a whole lot. So we found blueberries. So he was very excited about a blueberry smoothie. So I mixed it up and he wanted to push the button on the blender. We added the ice to make it nice and thick. And then um, he tasted the one taste and didn't like it. So... I got to have a blueberry smoothie this morning. <laughs> How's that? So I tasted it and went, you know what? It could, it could use a little something. It's kind of bland. So I found some Greek yogurt in the fridge. So I added the Greek yogurt. Now, when I gave it to our grandson, I had poured it into, you know, I don't know what you call it, like a, a water bottle with yeah. a flip top. Right. So it'd be easy for him to carry around and just flip it open to drink it, Right. So I thought, well, I'll be smart. I don't want to have to make the blender dirty again. So I'll just pour the yogurt 
into the water bottle and shake it and shake it up. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So, and I was giving it a good shake because, you know, I had wanted to mix it up really well. And so there I go shaking up that water bottle. And then I realized I had not clipped the top like all the way shut. The lid wasn't shut. Yes. Oh, so man. I had blueberry shake all over my window, the kitchen, the plants had blueberry shake on them, my clean dishes. I had to wash everything down. It was like blueberry shake blow up. It totally was. So I realize as I'm cleaning this and I'm laughing at myself, because you have to have a sense of humor about this, right? Mm-hmm, so <laughs> I was cleaning it up and I'm thinking, you know what? This is a pretty good visual of what it looks like when somebody has a blow up in the middle of a conversation. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Their anger gets away with them or their emotions overtake their uh thinking process and they say things maybe they shouldn't have said but there's just damage everywhere and sometimes you even get innocent damage innocent collateral damage like children Mm -hmm. they're in the middle of a blow-up conversation and that can become very dangerous to the child yeah or even other people yeah i know you and i have been out to dinner and overhearing a conversation and they get angry and i mean it's, I wouldn't say it's a word of offense, but it's just like of concern, it, it, a worry. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes we may not realize the impact of our words until it's way too late. Yeah. When it gets to that blow up state, it's no longer an invitation to a conversation. It's an invitation to a war mm-hmm. and no one wants to be invited to a war. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's a few things to look at here. Um, in regards to it, uh, I'm going to call this um, Invitation to Conversation Part 2, but I want to put guidelines on it because there are certain guidelines that we can follow that might support the conversation and support it from craziness or a blow up or like Melinda talked about, blueberry life everywhere. You know, so here's one thing that I looked at and just realized number one, realize the value that you share. We spoke about this last week when we got into the things that we share, how valuable they can be. And Melinda used a scripture regarding little piggies. Melinda, go ahead. (laughs) Share about the little piggies. Well, it talks about don't cast your pearls or things of value to the swine or pigs because they're just going to be trampled underfoot. Yep. And then the scripture went on and talked about, and then the pigs may turn around on you and come after you. Yes, that's somebody who's definitely not wanting to be part of your conversation, and they're not valuing what you said. Now, when we do invitation to a conversation, we're basically saying, hey, would you be interested in feedback? Feedback would be, this is the way I experience you. So I'm basically saying, hey, here's some insight, here's some ideas that I may have that may support the relationship. And I'm just becoming an invite to a conversation, and when some people don't see it that way, they don't see the value in what you're about to share, then you're basically casting your pearls before swine. You're casting casting what is valuable to someone that doesn't see it that way. So you may want to check in on the person as you're sharing your valuable statement if they're interested or if they consider it of value or worth. Yeah. And not just that your words 
are the value. You as a person are the value. Yes, that's true. And especially when you're sharing from a place of vulnerability, that reflects your soul. I mean, if you're being very genuine and you are risking by sharing something vulnerable, that's why it's really important to just check in with them, to recognize, one, that they're ready, they're accepting the invitation, and two, they can see the value that you are and that your words represent as, as you're sharing them. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, like you said, it, it could turn ugly really fast. Something on the top of the list that I like to put right out there is avoid conversations on the phone if you can. Yeah, I know sometimes... Or even worse, text messaging. Hello. <laughs> because people cannot see your motives your eye contact, your lack of eye contact, your body language, or sometimes even share the feeling in the room when you're on a phone and it becomes very misleading or sometimes misunderstanding. Totally. It leaves way too much open for the interpretation of the other person. Most definitely. If you use a specific... I mean, you and I have talked about stories, how they're, Mm. they're just belief systems that we replay in our minds over and over and we interpret everything through that story. So it could be as simple as somebody using a phrase. If you're in in an intense conversation and I share a phrase that triggers a story from your childhood, my dad always used that word with me. Mm. And all of a sudden, and if you're on the phone, you have no way to read that. Yep. Trigger. Or how about, I, I brought it up a second ago, but text messaging. I know some people who text message back and forth intense conversations and it just leaves everything for the interpretation of the person who's looking at the text. Exactly. Like if I know or misinterpretation. Yeah, misinterpretation. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is I know that when we first started texting, we would text our boys, but for simplification, leave it all in caps, right? And their interpretation was like, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, exactly. I just wanted to know you're okay. There's no. Or I would tell them, I love you, dot, dot, dot. They'd go, why are you doing dot, dot, dot? That means dun, 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 dun. I'm like, what? (laughs) Total different interpretation, right? From your intent, right? So if you do have a conversation, it has to be over the phone. Maybe you want to FaceTime it. At least. FaceTime is so important because here's some elements of personal communication. And we share this about, maybe five to six podcasts back, which is 7% of what you say is words. Right. 38% is your voice and the tone you say it in. Oh, Emphasize so important. It really is. Yep. And 55% is body language, mm. which I can't see your body language over the phone. No. And 55% of it is the whole message or a big part of the message. Yeah. And I'm missing out when I don't see your body language. They say that babies are highly intuitive to body language. They can look at their parents' face and they're interpreting because they don't have language yet. Yep. But we carry that on through our lives. So that when I look at your face, you may be saying something that could be perceived as anger But if I look at you and I see you grinning, I know you're joking with me, right? Mm -hmm. But on the phone, there is almost no way to know that. Yeah. Don't know unless you say, uh, just kidding. Yeah. JK. After the fact, they hung up. Even a text, (laughs) 
you got to put JK. It's like, right. I mean, I've had more arguments over the phone that did not need to happen at all because yes. I had a conversation over the phone. And some people have conversations over the phone because they're really afraid oh, yeah. of the conversation. Yes. So they'll stay behind a phone where they think it's safe. And some people do need to be safe, but yeah. that is not the way to get an intentional conversation out on the yes. table. Yes. Well, I think another thing very important at the at the start of a conversation, if this is a planned conversation, not all conversations are actually planned. Sometimes you just end up, you know, in the moment, hey, can I give you feedback or are you open to having this conversation? But I think something that I have found with you that is super important after all these years that we've been together, you and I, but in conversations with other people, um, work-related, ministry-related, um, sometimes just friends, that if you can clarify the goal or the desired outcome for the conversation, like, is this a conversation my goal is through this time is just to know that you hear me. I like that. Or... I just want to know that I'm being understood. Yeah, you're setting your motive right or at the what top. If, what if this is a confrontational type relationship? Maybe this has been a heated uh, time with this person, but you have found like there's some stuff I need to own for myself. So just to clarify, hey, right off the top, I want you to know that I want to make this a time of clarification and apology to you. So would you be willing to come into this conversation with mm, me? Yeah. It totally changes the it direction disarms the conversation really it disarms it but it also makes it available for okay this is what we're doing rather than okay lace up the boxing gloves we're yes, going to go at it one exactly, more time exactly yeah you know there are different types of conversations that you want to plan for because when you say okay i'm going to have the conversation i listen to freddie melinda's podcast and we're going for it hold on wait up <laughs> wait up wait up just before you go there, yeah. an intense conversation may want to have, you may want to have it over periods of times. Yeah. Like say something really big that you guys fought about and it's a big one, it's a blockbuster. You may want to put it in periods of times, like one hour per right. day. Right, yes. One hour per day, I want to get ready to get it done and get over with. I know you want to get over with, but you know, it wasn't built over a day. Right. It was built over so a lifetime. So take it in pieces, you're saying. Take it in pieces and do an hour a day. And no matter where you end, we'll say we'll pick it up to the next day. I've also and heard that uh, sometimes the more specific you can be about the situation that you're talking about, rather than trying to generalize a lifetime of hurt or misunderstanding into one conversation, mm. um, I think it's really important and and. This is an important guideline, and, and I can't stress this enough, especially, I mean, this goes for all relationships and conversations, but especially for married couples, um, for parents with your children, it is utmost importance that you never do character assassination Ooh. through your conversations. And you need to explain what that means, because some people say, what does that mean? I never said nothing. I just told him he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, right there. Um, if you really do feel that about somebody, like they they make idiotic decisions, rather than attacking their character, their actual character, saying you're an idiot or what kind of man are you or you call yourself a mother or those are all attacks on the actual character of the person rather than specifying 
the very thing that you're hurt with. With the action. So yeah. we're externalizing it, saying those decisions you made, I don't agree with them. I don't think they were based in reality or conceived well. And they, I may even call them idiotic. But see, you're directing the anger or the direction of the conversation on the decision, not the character of the person. Character assassination, that's a big one. Because it, it breaks a person. Yes. And it's those are the things the, that... And it's, it's an immediate shutdown for the conversation immediate. or an immediate call to fight. Yeah. Take up arms. And those are, aren't those the things that ring out in our heads? Parents, you could say something to a kid. You may have even not meant it seriously, but when you say those things, and I've talked with adults who still battle with these voices in their head of, you're an idiot, you'll never be anything. Stuff like, you what are you doing? You think that you're better you, than us. Yeah, all that stupid. Or, those are all character yep, assassinations. Yep, they are, whether you like Very it or not. Very dangerous. Yes. So, another thing in regards to planning a conversation would be your day or night kind of conversation. Mm, yeah. Because sometimes it, it may be. That in the day, there's too many things going on. You have too many distractions. Yeah. You may want to do it at night or you may want to do it early morning where there's no distractions. So plan your conversation in the daytime and nighttime in the afternoon, whatever works best for the conversation. I, I would like to offer this. What's that? That, um, especially in marriages, that if you have an ongoing issue, rather than trying to just pull all the guns out to handle it, to schedule it. I yes. think that is so important. Oh, totally. Because and I have found for myself that when I get emotional, I tend to shut down. Yep. And my, my thinking just goes to mush, you know? I just. But if we can schedule it, like if, if I'm finding myself, even in the middle of a conversation of saying, you know, time out or pause, can we come back and do this in, in a half hour? Let me regroup, let me go think, let me go pray, let me let me really question myself so I, I can break out of that feeling overwhelmed. You're right, definitely. So it goes along with that that scheduling. So one other thing I want to talk about. Yeah. When you're dealing with conversations about being in private, you know, for your children or for others that may hear, you may even want to consider a conversation that involves a counselor or a therapist. Mm, yeah. Because if you realize, hey, we've tried this conversation 10 times and we've hit our wall, it yeah. hit a wall every time, and we almost hit each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, basically, let's put a conversation with a counselor, a therapist, uh, you know, a some pastor people, who's good at Some that. people say, well, I can't afford a counselor, I can't afford a therapist, then find a good pastor. Mm -hmm. Now, some people say, well, we tried one and he really stunk. Well, then try another. Yeah. I mean, don't you do that with a doctor or a mechanic? Yeah. You know, some people say, why do I need a counselor? Why do I need a therapist? Here's a good example. What do you do when your electricity goes out? Who do you call? Electrician. Electrician. Yeah. What do you do when your car goes out? You call a mechanic. What do you do when you call your plumbing goes out? You call a plumber. What do you do when you call your conversation goes out? You call a therapist or a counselor or a pastor. There is no shame in that at all. I agree. I can't even agree anymore with that. There's also the fact that sometimes when we are involved and we're locked into our sides, our perspective gets skewed. We can't back up to look at a bigger picture of what's going on between us. Um, so a therapist 
or a mediator, somebody who can come in the middle with a more of a bird's eye view can help just remind you of why you're in this relationship. Mm. I think it's really important. I love that you brought now, that there up. Are those, there are those that are in this podcast you're listening. Some of you may be believers in Christ. Some of you may not be a believer. But there is something that we've learned to hang on to, Melinda and I, which kind of grounds us and gives us that foundational support. And there's one verse here that just blows my mind. I'd love for Melinda to read it because it sets you up for the conversation. If you're willing to come on these grounds, mm-hmm. your conversation is going to work out. Check this out. Go ahead, Melinda. Read Colossians chapter 3, verse oh, 12 yeah. through 14. Check okay. it out. Um, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another... Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. (laughs) There it is. So you're dealing with two words really powerful, forgiveness Mm. and love. Yeah. Forgiveness, which is going to open the door for new changes and new possibilities. Yes. And love, which is the perfect bond of a piece holds in us unity. together. It's yeah. what holds us together. So if you're willing to start out a conversation like that, hey, who wouldn't want to meet in that kind of conversation? That sounds like it's going to go somewhere positive. And that's what I'm constantly looking for, somewhere positive that's going to produce life. Yeah. Well, I know there's another scripture because, you know, the way I grew up in church, uh, a lot of the people used scripture as a way to cut other people up. Like I knew enough scripture to combat any conversation or argument you would bring, right? That was the thing. And I remember the first time that I had somebody outside of our church, you and I had gone to listen to, and they said, speak the truth in love. Hmm. Don't hold back the truth. Yeah. But remember, it's always done in love. And what does love look like? All those things that we just read, tender mercies, putting on tender mercies, kindness, compassion, Mm -hmm. and then forgiveness flowing freely. That's what love looks like. Wow. So if I'm coming with the truth, maybe I am hurt. Maybe I did feel slighted or hurt in some way in the, so I'm coming to say, I need some clarification. Mm. But if I come because I really love you, I really care then I'm not going to come like, let me give you a piece of my mind. First of all, I can't afford losing any of my mind. But second of all, mm. if I come with love and vulnerability, that brings forth from you love and vulnerability. Mm. So if, if my desire is that at the end of this conversation, we are closer than we are at this moment at the beginning, then all of a sudden that vulnerability, that is the huge payoff Mm. in building this relationship. I think that's beautiful. And then I'm about to say what I'm about to say because this is part of the side of the other side of the coin. Because by no means am I saying everybody that has intentional conversation is going to come out beautiful. Sunshiny, roses, happiness, flowers, butterflies. No. The reality is you, you forgot could the both, bunnies and bunnies. <laughs> the reality is both of you could leave very jaded, upset, and mad at each other. And let me share with you something. 
this is something that I heard a man say, and I totally agree with it. Because sometimes we come in these conversations and say, all right, we got to come to an agreement. We got to come to an agreement. In other words, you got to agree with me, or I got to agree with you, but we're going to come to an agreement. Mm -hmm. And this man once said, I desire clarity over agreement. Yeah. And I went, what? Yeah. I desire clarity over agreement. Yes. He says, because ultimately you can get agreement, but clarity is the truth where he really stands and where she really stands, where he really stands and where he really stands. I mean, we start finding out where people really stand and then we start realizing, hey, I can't stand with them on that or I can't stand them being like that. Mm. But that is clarity and that's where they are and they ain't about to change. So clarity becomes your answer. Well, I think it, it shows the maturity of a person that if... I can stand with one understanding on a subject mm -hmm. and another person has a whole different perspective and a whole other place that they believe and stand on, but we can still remain friends. Yep. It doesn't mean that everybody has to conform to the exact same thought process. I feel like today it's almost the opposite of that. Uh, they Everybody has to conform yes. to whatever the... It uh, conversation is at the moment mm -hmm. and without going into detail because there's so many of them right now. But if I have a different stance about it, why cannot we still be friends with the understanding that we're both on a different place? And I know what you're speaking about is the, the political climate today. And I'm not going to get political here, but I'm just going to give you that, 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 that position on understanding for clarity. The political climate is so crazy. So you say you got Democrat, Republican, Independent, you got all of them, and they totally disagree with each other. And this is where clarity comes in. All right, at least I know where you stand, and yeah. I've got clarity. Because you can try to put two of them in a room together and try to get them, okay, guys, you got to agree. You got to agree so our government will move forward. Mm -hmm. They may never agree. Right. So therefore, you understand clarity over that agreement, and then you're realizing, okay, this changes my whole position of how I'm going to stand with this person or this organization or this group because clarity has told me the truth. Now, that is an extreme example, but when you start to understand that most of your relationships may not end up that that, 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 that critical, and you may end up with a place of saying, you know what, maybe we can revisit this conversation again with maybe I'll change or maybe you'll change or maybe the situation will change and then we can revisit the conversation and look for agreement. But right now, we're looking at clarity and clarity is you stand here, I stand there, so let's agree to disagree the best we can. Right. And that's where we end somewhere like that. Well, I think that comes into play, especially if you can start by designating or expressing the desired outcome from the beginning. Yes. Like if, if this is a conversation for clarity and you know that from the beginning, it is a whole lot easier to go through it without an attack. Yes. Which brings me up. There is. Well, first, let me read this first. And then I wanted to add a, a little thing on here. Okay. In Proverbs 15. In the Amplified, and I love the Amplified because it, it sort of breaks apart some of the words that 
I grew up learning the, the King James, New King James, but this breaks apart some of those words. But it says, a soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath, but harsh and painful and careless words, I love that one, stir up anger. Wow, where's that Proverbs what? That's Proverbs 15. And wow. that's just the first verse. Wow. Um, and we've always taught our boys that. And I, I can remember from the time that they were tiny, they, yep. they would say it back to us, a, a soft Word. answer. Yep. You turns know, away wrath. It turns it away. It deflates it. It, it takes away its power. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just, but I love how it said, a thoughtful answer turns away, you know, the harsh and painful and careless words. Sometimes we throw out words. So true. That are so impactful. We don't even know. Or harsh. Yeah, we don't even know the way it's landing on another person's person's heart. Speak the truth in love. But um, I know a lot of conversations today that I hear are or conversations, O-R. It's either, uh, let's take the whole COVID situation, either we wear a mask because uh, we're going to protect the rest of humankind or we don't want to wear masks because we want all our grandparents to die. It was like, or rather than an and. Yes. And a lot of conversations go that way. Whether it's either or rather than the possibility. Hey, can we fit an and in here? Maybe we both can meet our needs on this one. Yes. Uh, Very important. Hey, our time is short now. I just want to thank you guys for watching um, the tennis shoes. Okay, so how can we apply this? You've heard the whole lesson is nothing but a big fat tennis shoe. So I want you to go back. (laughs) I want you to go back and walk this out the best you can and look forward to the third one that we're going to complete the series on intentional conversations. Yes. I'm intentionally going to say, let's revisit this. Let's do this again and let's get clarity or agreement or some love. (laughs) I like it. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Something to remember. God has placed relationships as one of his top priorities, and I believe we can learn to do that as well. Like and subscribe to BRE Podcast. Be sure to share with friends. Best Relationship Ever is based out of Covering Ministries. You can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. There is also a link directly to our website in the show notes. Please consider partnering with us. Help us see this program reach thousands who are in need of support and trainings.